1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can
2: get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick 'Em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and Week 12 is all but in the book. We're recording this on a Sunday night. Packers and Vikings are wrapping up as we speak. And, of course, on Monday night, the Texans play host to the Titans. But we have plenty to get to. Of course, there was a Thanksgiving Day slate. Then there was a full slate on Sunday. And let's be honest. It wasn't the greatest slate of games on the face of the earth, but there were some intriguing Storylines that emerged out of it. There was maybe a potential injury or two that really matter. Uh, and, and Hill, I'll cede the floor to you here. Just for starters, what jumped out to you uh, in week 12 that, that you say
3: you know, might matter here as we go forward? Well, the injuries, for one thing, specifically the one to Melvin Gordon. Like, Chargers, they seem to be in a pretty good spot right now finally able to do what we thought they were going to do last year, make the playoffs be kind of a monkey wrench in this machine and maybe cause some damage that we weren't expecting. But losing Melvin Gordon, you said it when we were watching the game, Austin Eckler is not Melvin Gordon. Like that's, that's not going to end well for the Chargers. Um, so the injuries down the stretch here is, is something that stands out. Another thing that stands out to me, which is unrelated to the, the playoff chase, is what we saw happen in Cincinnati with Hugh Jackson, the Hugh Bowl, Which we talked about last week, did absolutely lived up to the expectations. Um, At two different points in the game, (laughs) Hugh Jackson, who is apparently the head coach in waiting in in Cincinnati, he gets the ball. Demarius Randall gets an interception, runs over to the sideline, hands it to Hugh Jackson, and Hugh Jackson accepts the ball and gives him a little love tap on the helmet, like "Hey man, appreciate you." When Demarius Randall, it was an fu moment, (laughs) Hugh Jackson. After the game, Demarius Randall signs that poster with that has uh, Hugh Jackson's face on Dwight Schrute from the office, who's assistant to the regional manager, and Hugh Jackson's assistant to the head coach. He's not assistant head coach, which it's just like they have no respect for him. Baker Mayfield, Hugh Jackson seeks out Baker Mayfield after the game to shake his hand. And Baker, everybody's talking about, oh, he went in to hug him and he he rejected him. No, no, no. The thing you should be talking about is Baker Mayfield tried to run away from Hugh Jackson, he turned, started walking away, and then he was like, uh, I have to turn around and, and you know, make this kind of cordial because the camera is around. He tried to walk away from Hugh Jackson. You said it when we were watching the game too. If you're in that Bengals locker room, what the hell are you thinking? Like this is a team who we have talked about many times on this show. They are stuck in a rut. With Marvin Lewis, they're not going anywhere. This year, they start out hot, and then the Chiefs, they break them on national television. They haven't won a game since then. Well, they won one against the Buccaneers, but they shouldn't have won it. And they're just broken as a franchise. And your future is Hugh Jackson? Like, what the hell? So, like, any team that's in a playoff race right now, whether it's Washington, you just lost Alex Smith, or if it's the Eagles trying to claw their way back or what have you, just know that your future is probably brighter then the Bengals because holy crap, the, Hugh Jackson's the future. What the hell? Like come, that was just depressing to me.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I'll work backwards on this. We'll start out. I'll start where you left off. Um, I'm just gonna say this: blunt, like the Bengals yes. suck. Yes, I, I know that's really hard-hitting analysis that everybody's come to the podcast <laughs> for. They suck. Okay, look, you know what? You're at home in this game. You're five and five. You're tied for the final playoff seed in the AFC. Can you even bother to show up? You're not know, 28-0 approaching halftime. You may get a little interesting in the game. You still look 35-20. I mean, How interesting could you have made it? Made it strong for 10 yards a, a, an attempt with four touchdowns. Dalton, before he got hurt, is 10-17 for 100 yards with a touchdown and a pick. Like, at some point here, okay, and, and to, to touch on Hugh Jackson and all that, at some point... You just have to say it's not working. Okay, none of this crap is working, whether you, whether it's about Jackson or it's about Lewis or it's about Dalton or whoever the hell you want to put it on. It's it's just been a train wreck, and now the Bengals are five and six. Okay, they're a half game ahead of Cleveland to stay out of the AFC North cellar. And by the way, those two teams they see each other kind of Cleveland. Oh yeah. So settle up for that. I just think, you know, and you mentioned the Hugh Jackson, the head coach in waiting. Uh, our editor-in-chief, Jason Cole, uh, talked about-
3: Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day 27. 333 a.m. 333. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 333... Progressive
0: doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We
3: offer round-the-clock protection,
0: just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
1: About a story that I found interesting while well, we were sitting here in the office watching the games on Sunday. He mentioned you know, he was a beat writer for the Dolphins, for, I believe it was the Miami Herald at the time. Uh, Gary Reasons, who most people will know him as a, a very good linebacker for the Giants throughout the 80s, early 90s finishing up his career with the Bengals, and David Schuller was admonishing him on the sideline. And as Jason tells the story, uh, Reason just kind of tussled his cap a little bit, almost to mock him, and then just walked away. And at that point, look, you're a joke to the rest of the team. Nobody's going to respect you. When Demarius Randall handed that ball to Hugh Jackson, and Hugh Jackson just patted him on the head like he was a bunny, it's over. No- nobody's going to respect Hugh Jackson after that. Nope. And so you move on. Now, to get to your other point, moving we'll away from the Bengals and this Battle of Ohio here. Um,
3: what a battle that is. The Hugh what, Bowl. And we get yeah. another one, too, like you said. Buckle oh, yeah, up. round two for the Hugh Bowl. Hugh returns home. I was going to say <laughs> Revenge of Hugh. Um, okay,
1: so moving on to what you mentioned, though, about Gordon and the Chargers, which is yep. the big injury I was kind of alluding to in the, in the beginning here. If Gordon is hurt for any real yep. amount of time, That is a major problem. Now, look, if there's one benefit for the Chargers, they're 8 3, they're not going to win the division, but they're almost in a weird way, they're almost in a sense locked into the five seed. So, if there is a benefit to to LA, they're not fighting for seeding, they're not like they do have some time there. But if they had any grand illusions of catching the Chiefs, if they they really want to salt away the five seed early. Losing Gordon is going to be a significant crimp in that style. Eckler is fine, but it reminds me a lot of the Chiefs situation with Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is a good player. He's just not Kareem Hunt. right? So that would be a major loss. By the way, shout out to Philip Rivers. 25 completions in a row. All-time NFL record for one game. And he did it to lead the game off. He yep. started 25-25. So incredible performance by him. The Cardinals may stink, but 25-25 is obscene. Um The point I wanted to get to here, and I'll touch on it real quick and then let you talk since I've been going here for a few minutes. The Steelers, it's one thing to lose to Denver on the road. Denver's not a terrible team. It's another thing to lose the way they lost.
3: Yeah, it was brutal. (laughs) Like, look, we we said before the season that the Steelers weren't a playoff team, which we've kind of had to back off of a little bit because they're going to be a playoff team. But it's, again – a soft playoff team by default sort of situation, which we've seen the Steelers do for so many years. And it seems weird to say that they're a default playoff team and not a true legitimate contender. But right now they would match up against the, the, the chargers who we just mentioned and talked about the games in Pittsburgh and they actually play each other this weekend in Pittsburgh, this upcoming weekend. And I don't really believe that the Steelers are going to win that game. if, the Chargers go in there. Now, of course, this goes back to the whole theory of you have to, you can't count the, the Steelers out until they give you a reason to count them out. But my God, has Mike Tomlin given us a ton of reasons to at least doubt that they're going to get out of this unscathed. And if, Look, last year, the wheels were starting to come off, and we all started to doubt him, but we couldn't really do it. They get into that game against the Jaguars, get their doors blown off, and now they're kind of in the same situation. There's nothing incredibly sexy about this team. The offense is what it is. Roethlisberger will get you into situations where you can win, but he's not that great at managing the clock. He never has been. And we saw the way that they lost against Denver. It was a bad throw that ended up in the wrong team's hands. It wasn't going anywhere. Like, Look at that replay. Okay, He's trying to go to Antonio Brown in the back of the end zone. He woefully underthrows him, and it's an interception, and that's the way the game ends. And I feel like that's the type of game that they're going to have in the playoffs. They're going to get a team like the Chargers who aren't going to go to the Super Bowl, but they're going to catch them on the right day, and it's not going to end well, and then we're going to start answering questions about, okay, now what's the future look like with Mike Tomlin? Is he the head coach? Has his shtick worn out? Is there a need for change here? And the Steelers have prided themselves on having only, what, three head coaches? Since 1969. It's That's, that's incredible. But at some point— Browns have that many head coaches in a month. That's yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> but, I mean, look, that's incredible, and that's something to be proud of. But at some point, the shtick wears off. That's why you're hearing stuff about John Harbaugh in Baltimore being done at the end of the year. Look, it's not because Mike Tomlin's a bad head coach. If he's done in Pittsburgh, if they choose to mutually part ways, he's going to get a job, like, the next day. People will fire their head coaches to hire Mike Tomlin. He's just worn out the shtick in Pittsburgh, and he's losing guys in the locker room, and now they're losing games, and it's when are they going to lose the big game? They already lost a big game in the playoffs last year. That happens two years in a row. How many conference championship games have they been to since they went to the Super Bowl? Like, what the hell? And we, you know, we talked about this, obviously, before the podcast. They've been the one AFC title game since
1: 2010 when they went to the Super Bowl, lost to Green Bay. And you could say, well, hey, listen, it's hard to get there. It is very hard to get there. But here's the problem I have with the Steelers in, in multiple layers. Okay, the, you're talking about, not including this year, obviously, because we don't know how it ends, but seven seasons since they went to the Super Bowl last. Yeah. It would be one thing if they were losing to like Manning and Brady all the time. They just weren't getting that opportunity to the Conference Title Game. Here's who they. Here's how their seasons have ended since 2010: lost in a Wild Card Game to Tim Tebow and the Broncos. Okay, then went eight and eight, didn't make the playoffs. Then went eight and eight again, didn't make the playoffs. Then went eleven and five, won the division, lost at home to Joe Flacco, the succeeded Ravens. Okay. Then turned around the next year, beat A.J. McCarron and the Bengals, with, and, and needed ample help to deal with. Barely beat like, them. Like, basically needed the Bengals to beat themselves in that game, which they did. Them. Then went, the only time they played man, and they lost to him 23 or 16. Denver goes on to win the Super Bowl. 2016 was the one year, the one year they get to the conference title game. And, I, and I'd like to say that they owe the Chiefs that debt of gratitude. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs become the only team ever to score two touchdowns, not give up any, and, and lose a playoff game. But they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Chiefs, and they lost to New England. And then last year, they lost to Blake Portals in the round. So and gave up 45 points. Ugh. Look, everything you said about Tomlin is accurate, okay, in the sense of he if he retires tomorrow, he will be in the ring of honor, deservedly so. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to two. Like, Mike Tomlin's a very good coach. The problem is everybody runs their course. Mike Tomlin has run his course, in my opinion, and here's why. I'll use an example, okay. When they played today – or as it is when you hear this, when they played on Sunday against Denver, they called 57 design passes and 14 design runs. Jeez. I mean, and that doesn't include the special teams pass, by the way. It ended up in a touchdown. I mean, what are we talking about? The The game was never more than a one-score game in either direction. You have James Conner. The Broncos are 24th in the league with 4.7 yards per 10th lap, and you're you're running the ball 14 times, one of which is a Ryan Switzer run, Like, what are you doing? The Broncos have no ability to stop the run. Kareem Hunt's killed them this year. Todd Gurley's killed them this year. The Jets killed them this year. And you go in there with Connor, who's a top five back in the league this season in terms of, of rushing yardage, and you don't even run the ball. You completely took Connor out of the game for no good reason and told Ben Roethlisberger, who was Hall of Famer, great player, all that, but who has stunk on the road. Hey, Ben, why don't you go out and throw the ball 56 times in this game and see what shakes? Well, what shook was a touchdown and two picks, including the one that you mentioned that was cost the game at the end. It's a ridiculous game plan. And this on the heels of last week, when they went to Jacksonville... Jacksonville, by the way, the same Jacksonville team that just got bombed by Josh Allen and the <laughs> Bills, okay? That same team. They go there. They're down 16 nothing. The only reason they won that game is Jacksonville just handed the game over with one ridiculous mistake after the next. And we talk about this in the office a lot. Tomlin is like celebrating... Like they won the Super Bowl after they beat Jacksonville last week. And then today... Boswell throws that touchdown pass to end the second half, or the second quarter, rather. And Tomlin's like high five in Rochester. Listen, I get you're excited. I get you're an emotional guy. That's cool. Mike, you've won a Super Bowl, you've been to two of them. Like, there's no world that you should be jacked up that you barely beat Jacksonville and then you, you ran a trick play to tie Denver going to halftime. Like, you should be like this. Is a crap effort. I'm really pissed. I'm going to let my team know about it. And they just, I feel like the accountability sometimes of Pittsburgh is just out the window. Now, all that said, one thing we do this, on, I do think Pittsburgh's a legit contender for one reason. They're good enough on any given day to beat anybody anywhere. They can score a ton of points. The problem Pittsburgh's going to have now is they're not getting a home field advantage. No. They're not getting a bye. So now the onus is going to be on, hey, look, we're going to, you know, we're going to probably go on the road here. They're just a completely different team out of all building. They're not great at, on the road. I don't think they'd beat New England on the road. I don't think they'll beat Kansas City on the road. I think they could beat Houston on the road. I, you know, But I I don't think Pittsburgh – Pittsburgh, to me, is the kind of team they need home field advantage to go where they want to go. And they're not going to have it. And they, they may look well back at this game and say, that's why. Because, look, Denver's okay.
0: At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We got to go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means any Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
1: But there's no excuse. There is no excuse. To lose that game when you outgained them for about yards,
3: what? a turnovers. Do you think the Ravens would beat the te- uh, the Texans in the Wild Card weekend? Ravens uh, or Texans? Who do you have in that game? Who's the quarterback for Baltimore? Flacco. I mean, if you're in the Wild Card game, I, I could see them going back to Flacco with that. So it's man, Flacco going. That's to a Houston. good question. That's a good question. Um,
1: I. God, Jim O'Brien. I man, I would take Baltimore. I, I just don't I, – I just don't trust – is that the matchup right now? That's, that, that's
3: the matchup right now because the point I'm driving at is that would mean that Baltimore would go to Kansas City, which – They would lose. They th- can't score enough the beat. They would lose, but I know that I'm going to spend about 30 minutes with you talking yourself off a ledge on that one just because it's the 30? Chiefs. 30? That's <laughs> just. because it's the Chiefs. Um, that would mean that assuming that Pittsburgh beats Los Angeles, which is the matchup right now, they would have to go to Foxborough. Yeah, they're toast. They, they will not so be going to Foxborough. Yeah, that's uh, – I I agree with you on any given day, which is the the conundrum of the Steelers. Like today, they could have and probably should have won the game. They should have won the game. They should have lost against Jacksonville. So you just, it's kind of like the Panthers. We always talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about them when we go through the games here. We just don't know what they are week to week. And granted, the Steelers are a much, much, much better team than the Panthers are. It's kind of that same sentiment. Like, what are you going to get? Which team is going to show up here today? No, more often than not, it's the team that can win the game. But it's starting to slowly become, you know what? It's actually going to be the team that gets housed in a playoff game at home by Blake Bortles, which is unfortunate, and that's a sign. Like you said, it's run its course. Mike Tomlin, it's run its course. Go be a head coach somewhere else. Come home to Tampa.
1: Uh, come <laughs> yeah. on, there you go. It, that'd be great. Well, here I'll leave it on this for Pittsburgh. Okay. And by the way, as we're watching the Sunday so the night game, and The Packers. Uh, you can. The fat lady can. You talk and, about a team that needs to fire their head coach. What Holy a tr- crap. That that's what I'm talking but that's all whole story. Um, that team. Good night. Um, look, here's I'll leave it like I said, I'll leave it at this year at Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's a good team, but Pittsburgh has a couple of tragic fatal flaws. One is as we've we've talked about here at Nauseam, I, I just think Tomlin is a good coach, but I think it's kind of run its course with mm-hmm. that team. I think they're too loose. They make too many mistakes. I mean, they, they get away with three turnovers against Jacksonville, and then they, they come back and they turn the ball over four times against them. Like, it's just this never-ending string of ridiculous crap. They're the second most penalized team in football. It's just, they're not, like, as talented as they are, they're not the Saints. Okay, they're not the Rams, they're not the Chiefs. Th- those three teams can make mistakes that other teams just can't, and they're still going to win because they're so talented they can get away with it. The Steelers, as talented as they are, not the case. So... Look, that's one. The, the other problem I have with Pittsburgh is, again, uh, I just don't trust them away from home. I, I, I'm not saying they can't win a game here, a game there, but they they just don't play consistently enough where I think, yeah, they'll go to Foxborough and win, and then they go to Arrowhead and win. Maybe one of those games, maybe. Um, the problem they're going to run into in both those games is for years they've beaten teams that have had inferior quarterbacks and they've lost the ones that had better ones. Well, right now... Those two teams I just mentioned have better quarterbacks. And I, it's weird to say with Mahomes, he's a first year guy. I mean, Mahomes is better than him right now. Stage on pace for 50 smart touchdowns. Um, with that being said, let's get into the Week 13 slate of games. All the games have a line save for two of them because there are some uh, questions about who may be a quarterback. So we're waiting on those. But uh, it's the first week we've had in a long time where all 16 games, or all, all 32 yep. teams are playing all, you know, 16 games, and that'll be the way it is the rest of the regular season. All the buys are done. Uh, so, look, as we always do, if you're new to the podcast, we'll run down all the games, we'll talk about them, we'll mention the odds, and then we'll just give our picks. Um, and we'll kind of, as we go through, recap what happened here this past week. Uh, we're to a point in the year where our playoff picture really matters, so we're going to focus more on the games that, that – partake you know to the the bigger picture than say a game between two teams that are totally out of the race okay so like the cardinals and the packers yeah like we're just not gonna that spend game can go to hell <laughs> like, yeah we're, we're not uh, that game has gone. <laughs> okay it's gone you the invitation has been accepted um so we're not going to spend a ton of time in that game but let's get right into it with two teams that do matter in the race it's a Thursday night game the two teams have played on Thanksgiving. The Saints are at the Cowboys. The Saints have won 10 in a row. They just demolished Atlanta on Thanksgiving. Atlanta just couldn't stop turning the ball over down the red zone. Dallas played a little bit of possum with the Redskins for a bit, then they handled business. They beat Colt McCoy, who doesn't. So Dallas 6-5 and five, leading the NFC East. New Orleans 10-1, and one, all but every, wrapped up, basically, the NFC South. Saints giving a touchdown.
3: Thoughts on the game this time? Uh, I mean, the Saints win this game. There's no way that the Saints are this good and then they lose to the Cowboys. Now, it's great that that Dallas has somehow found its way accidentally ass backwards into the NFC East title chase. And that's this, this is the way that Jason Garrett keeps his job. They finish 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven and they get into the playoffs. This is how Jason Garrett keeps his job. So congratulations for that and in another year of him, Dallas fans. But there's no way that the, that the Saints lose. Look, Drew Brees... For everything that's being made, and we've said this before, and people are going to keep saying it, and it's a conversation that's going to gain steam until the MVP is handed out, but Drew Brees is the MVP this year. Patrick Mahomes is the most flashy player. He's the most popular player, and he's a damn good quarterback, and he's going to win an MVP. It's not going to be or it shouldn't be this year. It should be Drew Brees. He should have won one already in his career, and he hasn't. And look, he threw for four touchdowns on Thanksgiving, He was 15 for 22 for 171 yards. He threw four touchdowns without throwing 200 yards. That's insane. And it's not because he can't throw for 200 yards. It's because he's that efficient of a passer. He doesn't need to throw for 200 yards. And on a grander scale, that's how good that team is. Is Drew Brees, a guy who's how many times in his career thrown for 5,000 in a season— For how many times we've seen him lead offenses, even this season, like in Cincinnati, score 50 or more points, goes for under 200 yards, which for any other quarterback, like Blake Bortles, we mock endlessly because he throws for a buck 15 or whatever, but he doesn't throw for four touchdowns. He doesn't quarterback an offense as well as Drew Brees does. And while I'm going to die on the hill that he is the MVP of this season, I'm just circling back to the conversations we were having last year where the Saints are the best, most complete team in football, in my opinion. They should be going to the Super Bowl this year, unless another miracle happens like we saw last year in Minnesota. This is one of the best teams that Drew Brees has ever been a quarterback of. And the thing of it is, he's not even thrown for 200 yards in games. And it's not the first time that's happened this season. It's incredible. Yeah, look,
1: you said everything I would say. And The Saints win this game with the cover. Uh, I think Dallas is a very average team that happens to play in the right division. Because I, I don't think Dallas in any other division in the NFC is even in the picture. No. Uh, they have a good defense. And I think Van Der Esch is a really good young player. Uh, but their offense is nothing great. I know Cooper has been good. That's fine. And, well, they are not beating the Saints. Uh, I, I think New Orleans handles business. I think it's a left and one. And I think the Rams are playing catch-up all the way through the end of uh, December. I I think they are going to have a very hard time catching New Orleans. I know the Saints do have a couple of tough games. uh, But, look, it is going to be a chore to beat New Orleans. Now, they're probably going to lose another game here at some juncture. You know, it's pretty hard to win 15 and maybe 18 in a row. But, give me the Saints all day. And i got to tell you, if you're the Rams, you're praying the Saints lose the game. Because if they don't, and the playoffs go through the Superdome, listen, Rams are a really good team. That is a huge, huge ask. I don't know that they could pull that off. Yeah.
3: Saints remaining schedule, obviously the Cowboys, at the Bucks, at the Panthers, home against the Steelers, home against the Panthers. There's a very good chance they don't lose any of those games. Meanwhile, the Rams, on the other hand, again, not that hard of a schedule to get, at the Lions, at the Bears, home against the Eagles, at the Cardinals, home against the 49ers. So this is going to be a race to the finish.
1: Eagles could be tricky. Bears, tough game. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, it absolutely will be. Sunday slate, AFC South matchup. Matchup of two Titans. Uh, but not including, <laughs> not the, including titans. the Titans. Uh, Colts, Jags in God Jacksonville, in Duval. Uh, Colts favored by a field goal in this game. Look, I think Vegas does a great job setting the lines. I'm not a betting guy at all. A field goal. Has Vegas seen Jacksonville? Eesh. Jacksonville couldn't beat the Bills. It's I, a culture favored by 10 I might take him in this game. I know that Jacksonville a couple weeks ago lost in Indy by three. I get it. But good Bortles showed up in that game. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that bad Bortles shows up. Good Bortles isn't, uh, isn't a guy who shows up very often. So look, I am going to take the Colts. The Colts have won five in a row. They are playing good football. I do not buy them as a Super Bowl contender. I know some people are getting very excited about them. Uh, I think they are a good team uh, with a lot of upside, but I, I think a flawed team that against real good competition will get exposed. But give me the Colts because Jacksonville is not real good competition, and I can't I can't express to anyone who hasn't watched Jacksonville how much that defense is checked out. Yeah, it is. You give up twenty
3: four to the Bills. That's pretty much all you got to say. You give up twenty four to Josh Allen. That's pretty much all you need to say. I mean, he was running all over that defense, making great look. I hate a lot of things about this game. Most of them are on the Jaguars' side of the field. The defense, which I was very high on, has completely folded this season. And we're mentioning it, uh, we've mentioned it before, and we're mentioning it again today. Very reminiscent of a good Broncos defense folding like a cheap table because it's got Paxton Lynch, it's got Trevor Simeon, and it's got Brock Osweiler, the return. Like, when you don't have a good quarterback, or you go out there and you know that you're not going to get the run support, I mean, that's why it was so amazing that Jacob DeGrom was so good this year for the Mets and he won the Cy Young because he goes out there every single start knowing, I'm going to lose this game because the team around me sucks, I can't get any run support, and all I can do is meet. And that's not how football operates. Like, he's able to win the Cy Young, that's great. The Jaguars' defense is not able to do anything. And then you've got guys like Jalen Ramsey, and you got all these personalities out there. You've got Doug Marone who maybe can't manage them all. Look, give me the Colts, and... The Colts are very interesting because they get the Texans one more time this year. So, they win this game. Whatever happens with the Texans happens. That game could be very important. Only get them one more time. Win this game. Frank Wright off to a pretty good start here with your uh, first year as head coach in Indy. Uh, I'm guessing that the Colts and their fans, not too upset that Josh McDaniels lost them at the all Because
1: nope. they got Happy the right India. guy. They got the right guy. By the way, Jacksonville. Uh, they ran for 226 yards and two touchdowns against Buffalo and lost so, nice job by Bortles. 12 23 for a buck 27, a touchdown, two picks. Duval. Yeah, that's, that's something special. So, Jacksonville, they're done Indianapolis trying to uh, march toward the postseason. Baltimore at Atlanta. Now, Atlanta, of course, lost on Thanksgiving. I already touched on them a little bit. With the Falcons, there's no reason to get too into it. It's the same story. They've got a million injuries, uh, they, they are inconsistent with the red zone, and they are done. Okay, they are sitting at 4-7. Their season is over. Baltimore, however, anything but done. A couple of wins in Lamar Jackson's first two starts. Uh, They took care of the Raiders today, 34-17, and they are favored by three on the road, taking on the Falcons. I will say this quickly. Um, The Ravens are a weird team to figure, but one thing that happened today kind of concerns me. Jackson was okay in the game. He was nothing spectacular. I also wouldn't say he was terrible. I mean, Jackson ultimately 14 to 25, a buck 78, touchdown, and two picks. Here's the problem the Raiders' defense can't stop a nosebleed, and the Ravens scored 20 offensive points. Okay, at home. The Ravens got a touchdown uh, off of a punt return and a touchdown on a Suggs uh, return for a touchdown on defense. They sacked Carr three times. It came on three consecutive plays, all by Matthew Judon. Not a bad series by him. Um, you got to score more than 20 points against the Raiders. Like You're never going to have an easier game than the Raiders coming across the country, playing it at 1 o'clock Eastern, after they beat a team last week, they have no motivation. They're, they're, they're fat cats, and you've scored 20 offensive points. I am taking the Falcons in this game. I don't think the, the Ravens, when they play a good offense, I don't think they score enough. Mm-mm. So that, that's where my concern comes out. Like, I think the Ravens are a tough team. They have a great defense when they, when they really get after you uh, with the pass rush. But I just – I worry about them in Atlanta. Atlanta, one thing they can do is score.
3: Yeah. And if I'm Atlanta, I wonder if this is one of the teams that makes an offensive change in the offseason. season. Because we're in a spot now where we've got the Mahomes' is of the NFL and the Sean McVeigh's of the NFL really pushing towards this offensive explosion. You've got Matt Ryan. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's only had a good year when he's had that offensive guru behind him, which is Kyle Shanahan the Super Bowl year. And he hasn't been able to tap into that with Steve Sarkeesian. So you go out and do you maybe get Todd Monken from Tampa, who might be out at the end of the year, bring him in. And all of a sudden, Matt Ryan's in an offense that can generate 500 yards a game. Like, that's interesting to me. It's not this year. This is, this is, it reminds me a little bit of the last Mike Smith year in Atlanta where things just completely fell off and this team looked just abysmal. But to be fair to Dan Quinn, he's in no danger of getting
2: fired. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app, an easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Because everybody on his team is hurt. So this is they Atlanta's a team that's going to bounce back next year. I look at the offseason what changes they're going to make because they're not going to be big free agent signings coming in or big sweeping changes. It's going to be small things like maybe a quarterback coach change. You know, one on that coaching staff going to, you know, get changed up a little bit. I don't think that they win this game. I'm sorry. Just I I I cannot talk about the Falcons anymore. I'm so hardcore done with them. They're up there with the Packers and all these other teams. Give me the Ravens. It, Joe Flacco, does he start? Like, really, that's the most interesting thing about this to me. Because like we said, if they get into the playoffs, is it Lamar Jackson or is it Joe Flacco? Like, you really want a quarterback controversy going in the wild card weekend? Yeah. Even though it might be against Bill O'Brien. Like, still, you don't want that. I also
1: just, I don't think either one of them can throw the ball. I, yeah? And you know, I know everybody says, Oh, Lamar Jackson, you've got to get him talking with. That's all fine. I'm not saying he won't turn into a good quarterback. Right now, he can't throw the football. It's not good enough. Um, so that's where I stand. By the way, and I'll go, we'll get to the Raiders when we talk about the game. They play on, on Sunday. But I just enjoyed this little stat line. I'm looking at the box score. The, the Raiders rush ball 19 times. Doug Martin, 11 carries. DeAndre Washington, 3 carries. A.J. <laughs> McCarron, 2 carries. <laughs> Seth Roberts, a carry. Jalen Rashard, a carry. And Jordy Nelson, a carry. I, I, oh, and by the way, shockingly, for 3.5 yards in the Like, just wild. Nice uh, half-dozen guys there to really drive the point home at how bad the Raiders are. Okay, so one of the games that we have here in the 1 o'clock hour that does not have a line yet and it is Denver at Cincinnati. Now, the game doesn't have a line because Dalton has a sprained thumb. We don't know the severity. We don't know if he's going to be out for the game if he's out. It's Jeff Triscoll. Uh, I don't care who's playing quarterback. Give me Denver. Denver is not a bad team. Denver's a team that has its shortcomings. Like they're not great stopping the run and the coaching is, is not uh, anything to write home about. But I like Denver to beat Cincinnati. It just gave up. You, you're you down 28 Nothing to Cleveland at home in a game you got to win. You're, you're done, man. I, I don't even see anything more out of Cincinnati. I don't care. Every time they pan over to the sideline, Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson are sitting there. like Two kids that just got their pants pulled down at recess. I, I, I just, there's no reason for me to think that, oh, yeah, Cincinnati's going to win this game. And to be fair, the Bengals have a ton of injuries right now. I just look at them and say they're not good. The Broncos are playing better. They're playing hard. Uh, whoever loses this game is completely out of the race. I don't care that it's in Cincinnati. I think Denver handles business. So give me the Broncos to get to 6-6. Six and six. And by the way, if you look at Denver's schedule, there is a very, very clear path to 9-7 should they win this game. Because their next three games, the Niners, the Raiders, the Browns. And the Browns are home. Uh, they will be 9-6 if they win this game, and they will be playing the Chargers at home week 17. So Denver,
3: uh, all of a sudden, like kind of sneaking in the back door of this playoff match. Give me the Broncos in this one. I've said my piece with the Bengals. They stink. Uh, The only saving – the only interesting thing about them to me is, unfortunately for for Alex Smith, my Andy Dalton to Washington pipeline has opened back up. I really think that that's going to happen. Uh, but g- yeah, give me the Broncos of this. Like, I don't care. If this is in Cincinnati. Didn't stop the Saints from coming in there and dropping half a hundred. Didn't stop Baker Mayfield from coming in there and almost scoring forty points. Like, good job firing Terrell Austin. He was definitely the problem. Like, he wasn't the solution. But that man was not the problem in Cincinnati. You got a lot of pro- there's a lot to unpack it, but I don't feel like doing right. It right now. I mean, any, any time you can fire an actual defensive coordinator and
1: just give <laughs> Hugh Jackson a defensive job. Uh, you know, you got to do it, and Cincinnati just shows that every year that they have no idea what they're doing, and so here we are. Look, we'll move on because neither one of us has anything good to say about the Bengals at this point. Rams at Lions. Rams favored by eight and a half points of the game. Of course, coming off a bye, coming off that crazy 54-51 win over the Chiefs so I pretend didn't happen. Uh, no, in all seriousness, that was one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, look, the Rams laying eight and a half on the road. Detroit... Coming off the, the elongated bye here. They played, of course, on Thanksgiving. They lost to the Bears to Chase Daniel. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm in the minority here. Just, just give me the Rams. I don't see how the Lions win. I can see the Lions keep it close because they're the Lions and they're weird. I can see it being like a three-point game in the fourth quarter and then the Rams kind of just salted salt it away. Uh, but, but give me the Rams to get to 11-1
3: and one and to continue to try to push the pace here with the Saints. Give me the Rams. I agree with you. I think this is going to be reminiscent, maybe, maybe, of the Broncos game where they didn't lose the game. They didn't look like they were going to lose the game, but it was closer than it probably should have been. Um, If this game was in Los Angeles, it'd be a housing, but it's in Detroit, so who knows what's going to happen. Detroit's coming off that awful game on Thanksgiving against the Bears, so they need to show some sort of life. I'm not terribly confident that's going to happen. Give me the Rams, especially like we said when we were talking about the Saints. The Rams cannot lose any of these games. And they need to start convincingly winning games if they want to start scaring teams come playoff time. Is Matthew Uh, Stafford good? No. He's not. But actually, the question there, I think, is, is Jim Bob Cooter holding him down? Because Eric Ebron... He's holding everybody now. Yeah, Eric Ebron went to Indianapolis. We were watching that Colts game today, and he has more touchdowns this year, as many touchdowns this year with Andrew Luck and a new offensive coordinator, than he did in his entire tenure in Detroit. So... I'm not saying that Jim Bob Cooter is a problem, but I'm saying, you know, maybe the guy named Jim Bob isn't really your answer in Detroit. So that's my thing. Maybe if Stafford gets a good offensive coordinator, I just, I I think he's average. I think he's an average quarterback. He's not bad. I think he's, I think we did this exercise in the office the other week where we were naming quarterbacks we would take over Stafford. Or it was somebody. It was Mariota. It was Mariota. But the same exercise can be applied. Go through the NFL and say, would I rather have Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford? Would I rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Matthew Stafford? And that's kind of where he is. No, you're, you're not doing that with Mahomes. You're not saying, would I take Mahomes over Philip Rivers? No, you're taking Mahomes. Would I take Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins? You're taking Aaron Rodgers. The same can't be said for Matthew Stafford. And I think that's the problem. He's just an average quarterback who we expect a lot out of. He's going to give you a good performance. He's a great uh, comeback artist in the fourth quarter. We've seen that over his career, he's just he's just a middle tier quarterback, which is fine if you're on a good
1: team. You know, I always was a big Stafford guy, but I've kind of come to agree with you on this. Look, they, great quarterbacks, especially in this day and age, where so much predicated on the quarterback. They find ways to win games, and. That game on Thanksgiving was there for the taking, and they're playing Chase Daniel at home, and they just can't do it. He threw it away. Pick six just by Stafford. Stupid pick on a play that Eddie Jackson like read before Stafford did, and he's running to the spot for Stafford to start to throw the ball. And then in the end zone at the end of the game, look, you could say, well, it was on the tight end. Yeah, well, he still threw the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was a horrible throw. Look, and you look at Stafford's numbers for his career, you know, assuming he gets there this year. The last eight years, it's actually been in the league, now it's his 10th season. He'll have at least 4,000 yards passing. Okay, if he gets to 4,200, at least 4,200 yards passing every year. But you know, look at his numbers, and it's like, okay, but you don't have a playoff win. You never won a division. You never seem to win any big games. You don't beat teams with winning records. Uh, I believe in his entire career, he has four wins against teams with winning records. Yes. It's his 10th year in the league. Like, what a game! It just listen. Some point, uh, yeah, you got to say that. You got to say it's uh, it's on him to some degree. And the Lions, another wasted year for for a team that, frankly, look not great, but like should be better than four and seven. So it is what it is. We'll move on Uh, to uh, the game. You said can go to hell, Uh, Arizona and Green Bay. Green Bay, Arizona and Green Bay. uh, Green Bay's favored by fourteen at home. Nice. Big thing. Uh
3: I, I'm gonna guess you're going. You're back in the pack. I'm guessing that line is dropping. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to Yeah, give me the Packers just because it's the Dolphin effect. They they played the Dolphins the other week and we were like, yeah, the Packers suck, but it's the Dolphins. It's in Lambo. It's getting cold. Um, it's the Cardinals. It's in Lambo. It's getting cold. Josh Rosen is still very mistake prone. Uh, still one of the rookie I'm most excited to see his career trajectory because it looks like he's probably the most composed rookie of the bunch you can make you can make the argument that Baker Mayfield is there but you know he's just I think he's in a different place than Josh Rosen is Josh Rosen's coming along slower and more uh, calculated than everybody else and I think he's going to be around the longest I think he's going to be the Alex Smith of this draft okay. where he's here we're, we're looking 15 years down the road and I'm not saying all these guys aren't still around but I would say Josh Rosen is absolutely still around uh but give me the Packers in this game and we say it every single week. I'm going to say it again. Mike McCarthy needs to go. And this is almost unfair because this is what's going to happen, okay? The Packers, they're finally, 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 five years after they should have, going to fire Mike McCarthy. We think. And they're going to get John Harbaugh. And it's just, it's like when the, the Colts, you know, sucked for luck. They go from Manning to Andrew Luck, which actually didn't end up working out as well. They've been growing anyway until now.
1: Finally, yeah,
3: but it was that, it's that same kind of feeling where it's like God dang it! Like they're gonna they're gonna go from where we thought this is finally the end. The Packers have finally screwed up something that we didn't think they could screw up, but they somehow found to screw up in ways we didn't know even know was possible. And they're gonna get Harbaugh, who's gonna fix everything. And honestly, I've, i I you know Aaron Rodgers isn't the most likable guy from all the stories you hear about him. But you say this, and I firmly believe it. I like good football. I like it when good players play good football. Aaron Rodgers is probably the best quarterback of his generation right now. Mahomes. Well, Mahomes is a generation below. I would say so. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) I just like being obnoxious about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, but he's never had an offense. And now we're finally in an era of an offensive explosion. And you should think that Aaron Rodgers, who's in the tail end of his prime now, who's going to play into his 40s, but he's pushing up against that age, he needs an offense that's going to, is tooled to him, that's going to make him the quarterback he should be. He's not that right now.
1: The thing right now in the NFL is scheme matters more now than it ever has. Yeah. Okay. When you watch a good NFL offense, you see a lot of motion pre snap you see a lot of, of misdirection. You see a lot of window dressing. When you watch the Packers, on the whole, they actually did some of this on Sunday Night Against Minnesota for the first time I, I think I've ever seen with McCarthy. But a lot of times you watch them and they just they don't do it. They are just a very static offense. And I don't care how great Rodgers is, and he's great. No one's arguing that. But at some point, like you got to help the guy. And I, look, I will also say this, okay, Rodgers has got to take it on himself a little bit at times. You know, you see him sulking on the sideline. You, you hear all this stuff, as you mentioned, with him off the field. Like At some point, yeah, like, step it up a little bit here from a personal standpoint. Pick the guys up. You know, they're 0-6 on the road this year. Oh, what a game God. on the road. What a game. I, it's at some point here. Like, do something. And like, you know what? They have been teetering on the brink of missing the playoffs a handful of times here recently. Well, they're going to this year. They're done. They're not making fun. so uh, they they get what they deserve, and now they will go forward. I'm assuming a coaching change, but it's the Packers. They are a very conservative franchise. We shall see. They don't though, man. Those those people, they're gonna riot. Yeah, big. They're team. gonna riot. Some people still cheese. It's, God, it's mad happen. cow disease. Hey, look, it's gonna run rampant. I I'm all for the cheese. Okay, cheese guys are I, legit, man. I, I go to Wisconsin every year to go up to Door County with my wife, and I'm telling you. I got nothing but love for Wisconsin, but I'm just saying. Those people love their cheese, and rightfully so. But if, if, they, if,
3: if they don't fire McCarthy, they're going to riot. I think, it's, uh, I think it's Drew McGarry who says that Packers fans, or Steelers fans are Packers fans, if you took away the culture or something like that, or maybe the other way around. But there, there's a parallel there where we talked about the Steelers – wobbling on these shaky wheels, but they're going to find a way to figure it out. The Packers are what happens when Mike Tomlin isn't in charge of the the clown show. That's what happens when it's Mike McCarthy. It's just It it doesn't end well. And this is finally... So, you know, on the one end, you have the Steelers who you're like, they absolutely should miss the playoffs because they absolutely don't look like they know what they're doing, but they figure it out. That's Tomlin. The Packers, same thing, but when you take away Tomlin and put in McCarthy, this is what you get. You get 0-6 on the road. You get... Wasting Aaron Rodgers. That's yes. just what happens. Well, we'll move on because
1: neither one of us, I think, has anything left to say about this, uh, this, this disaster for football team. <laughs> better than it is. Um, the Bills are at the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, we moved on from that to this. Settle in. <laughs> uh, Dolphins favored by six and a half. Look, I- I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I- I'll say this. The Bills deserve a lot of credit mm-hmm. for having four wins this year. Yeah, That team has nobody offensively, And I mean nobody. Four wins. McDermott should be the coach of the year for that team after four wins. The only reason I don't give it to him is Peterman. Yeah. What he's done with Peterman is, is, is a crime of, of the highest order. It's performance okay. art is what My it is. My God. Um, I'm taking the Dolphins to win. The Dolphins, I'll, I'll be extremely succinct with. Third and ten. 24-24 against the Colts, three and a half minutes to go. They're on their own six-yard line, and they ran the ball because they have no faith in Tannehill. And if they don't have any faith in him, then I sure as hell don't. I wrote my column that'll go up Monday morning on Fanside Stacking Box. Of course, check it out, please. Uh, I led with the Dolphins and what happened there. And so to me, I'm I'm all kinds of out. I think Miami
3: wins this game for better than the Bills, but I don't think Miami's going for I don't think Miami is a playoff contender either. I'm tempted to take the Bills in this one just because, look, it's chaos. (laughs) Like, the Bills are not a good team. Like I said, they have nothing. But for some reason, they go into Minnesota and they win. They invite Jacksonville up and they win. Josh Allen.
0: At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an 8-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means any Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms, bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
3: I played in both of those games, so I'm interested in seeing where this goes. I want to see Sean McDermott with a good team. Because right now, he's had two bad teams. Well, this year is worse than last year, obviously. But last year's team wasn't anything to write home about. The and they made it to playoffs. So I want to see him with some actual talent. I want to see him develop his defense. There's something there in Buffalo. I mean, if we're sitting here next year and we're having the same conversation, where we're like, there's something there in Buffalo I want to see. In year three, then maybe we'll, we'll have a different conversation. Right. But right now, there's, this is the end of the grace period. And there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel here for Buffalo. So.
1: Bears at Giants. There's no line on this game, so we're not sure if Trubisky's going to play or not deal with that sore shoulder. Uh, if he can't go, Chase Daniel will get his second straight start, third career start. Uh, again, I- I gonna say, again, I was going again, i got to be brief. The Giants just aren't even good. I mean, they're up 19-3 against the Eagles. They're finally going to lose the game. They just have no idea how to manage the offense. They- they- Barkley goes for over 100 yards in the first half. This guy gets five touches in the second half. Uh, I, I'm out on the Giants. I, I, I don't feel like there's any reason not to be. And the Bears are good, man. Like The Bears aren't Saints of the Rams, but they are, to me, alone on that second team. Mm-hmm. The Bears are, this, are the third-best team, clearly, in the NFC. And you'd say, well, uh, third. Hey, look, they're a good team. They're 8-3. Okay? I do not see any way that they lose to the Giants because the Giants just
0: won't score against them. Uh,
1: I, I don't care if it's on the road. It's not like the Bears are a warm weather team. Just give me the Bears... Regardless of who's the quarterback.
3: Yeah, the the Bears, that defense is very, very good. And that's not something that's, you know, surprising at this point. But Eli Manning, against that defensive front, with his offensive line, like, you might want to consider not starting him for this game because the Bears might break him. Like, he is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in football, which isn't surprising because the offensive line is terrible. Bringing in Nate Soldier didn't help anything, it didn't fix anything. This is going to be. A very bad game if you're a Giants fan because the Bears, they're good. Like you said, I, I was wrong when they traded for Mac. I said pump the brakes. They're not going to win the NFC North. They're not going to the playoffs this year. They're going to be good in a couple of years. Mac's a good piece to build around, but you know he's not going to be the MVP because defensive players. It's very hard to win the MVP. You could make a soft case. You could be a contrarian. You could have a hipster take and say, you know what, I think that Khalil Mac is the MVP. I know Aaron Donald probably the best overall defensive player in football, maybe the overall best player in football. But Khalil Mack is an MVP because he comes to this Bears team, and it is night and day. He changes that team. He changes the way that they scheme defensively. He changes the way that offenses approach the Bears from a week-to-week basis. He does a lot. And getting Mack for two first-round picks, by the way, getting that second-round pick from the Raiders. <laughs> so first the Raiders round pick. Yeah, The Raiders are going to be so bad next year. That's going to be basically a, a late first-round pick. <laughs> It's so a nice job, John Good, A sweetener in the deal that has Khalil Mack as one of the biggest game-changing acquisitions of probably the last 25 years in football. It's incredible what he's done to that team.
1: It really is. Uh, the Raiders, just a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, they basically single-handedly put the Bears and Cowboys in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Panthers at your bucks. And as always, I see the floor to you. Panthers, a four-point favorite. Panthers coming off of a humbling loss again. To Seattle, they dropped to six and five. They are in very much peril. They, they, they could miss the playoffs. Your Buccaneers, uh, four and seven. They come off a rousing win
3: over the Niners. Yeah. Thoughts. Uh they should have beat the Niners because the Niners were playing their third-string quarterback and are a terrible team this year. Um I, I'm taking the Bucks in this one because I hate picking again. It's at home, too, they, for some reason, seem to play a little bit better at home. I mean, it seems like ages ago that they beat the Eagles at home earlier this season like that that happened this year folks look it up there's highlights there's footage of that happening um they also lost to the Steelers at home which again seems like ages ago that that game mattered um the difference is that Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting most of those games and now it's the James Winston show what are we going to see against the Panthers defense that is now backed into a corner uh Cam Newton who needs to win out to make the playoffs, and even if they went out, might not make the playoffs because Washington has a tiebreaker, Seattle has a tiebreaker. It's, it's tough sledding for the Panthers. They need to win this game. Uh, Jameis Winston only went for 312 yards, but he didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't fumble the ball. And because I'm a masochist when it comes to the Buccaneers, they're a disease to which I do not have a cure to stop rooting for them. I have to pick them, and I have talked myself into Jameis Winston maybe figure out his turnover problems, which it's going to be a rude awakening when, when yes. Luke Keekly gets three strip sacks oh, next no, week hell, no, you need to uh, just lay it out. It is, for the, it's wait. bad. It's look, bad.
1: Look, uh, I I do not have that to <laughs> I picked the Panthers, and look, if the Panthers went out, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, because they, they, Colt McCoy's not winning out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, but Pan, the Panthers, Panthers went. yeah, they they yeah. I mean, look, they they have two hard games left. They got to play the Vikings. You got to play the Chiefs. Yep, but they are yeah. both in Seattle. Um, and then they have the Niners twice in the Carpens. So, uh, yeah. Okay, look. Uh, bottom line for me, Carolina's just a better team. And, look, with all due respect, Winston Winston's not a start on problem, no, problem. He is going to throw four picks in this game, one of which I'm sure he'll throw from like, his back foot lefty with his eyes closed, and it'll just infuriate you all over again. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll take Carolina. Cleveland at Houston last of the 1 o'clock games. Uh, look, Houston's favored by four and a half points. I think Houston wins. I think Cleveland covers. Cleveland is all of a sudden not an easy team to beat anymore. Uh, Mayfield's playing very well. They have some confidence. They have some swagger. Hugh Jackson's no longer infecting that team, and it shows. I do not think Houston is nearly as good as a seven-game win streak would indicate. They play a lot of very close games. They have not beaten anybody that has a quarterback. Uh, In fact, if you look at the teams that Houston has beaten over the seven-game win streak, here are the quarterbacks they've beaten. Now, they beat Luck, okay, and that was the famous game where Wright went for it in his own territory in overtime. Other than that, Prescott at home in overtime, and again, again, Garrett at 4th and 1, like the 40, he doesn't go for it. Uh, Blake Bortles, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, and Alex Smith slash Colt McCoy. So, on. and they got Mariota this weekend <laughs> on Monday night. So, I don't know. The Texans, I think, are good. They're not great. Uh, but I will take them because I do think they are better than Cleveland. Not by a lot, though. I do think that Cleveland covers the uh, four-and-a-half-point spread.
3: Yeah, Cleveland's working their way backwards from the you know, absolute zero that Hugh Jackson dragged them to. They're kind of back. In this, so that was, at, that was the bottom. That was rock bottom. Now they've worked their way back into the Pat Schumer era Browns, where you were like, I don't really think they're going to win, but they're not going to absolutely lose. Ne- What's next is going to be exciting, but right now they're working their way backwards. Give me Tennessee or give me a uh, Houston in this game. Tennessee's not playing, so uh, <laughs> in this game, give me give me Houston. In this it's tough one. for them to win. It would be. It's uh, but speaking it of Tennessee, four right. o'clock window.
1: Tennessee hosting a four o'clock game. They play the Jets. Jets are a nine and a half point underdog in the game. Uh, we don't know if McCown will play or if Darnold will play. My my thought would be Darnold. They said he's getting closer. Uh, we shall see. I don't think it really matters. No, The Titans are weird. I never trust them because I never trust Mariota, uh, but I think they'll win the game. Look, if, whether they win Oral or lose really on Monday night is irrelevant. They're going to need to keep winning. So I think they handle business. I can see the Jets covering, maybe backdoor cover, something like that, but uh, I do think that the Titans
3: will win because, frankly, they're better and they're at home. Give me the Titans because the Jets are cooked. They're going to kind of Rebuild a little bit this offseason. They got a lot of cap space. So I'm interested in seeing what they do in free agency to build around Darnold. But uh, we we talk about the Colts needing a win, and the Texans needing a win, and these teams that are these are the Panthers are more comparable to the Titans at this point, needing a win to stay in contention here. If Tennessee wants to be considered anything close to real, they win this game. If they lose, throw out the watch. That's
0: bad.
1: Uh, the other game is 405. There was pair games at 425. Kansas City at Oakland. Oakland, of course, coming off that 34-17 loss. Already talked about Baltimore. Uh, The Chiefs coming off a bye week where they're 9-2. They are the one seed right now in the AFC, leading by a game over New England at the time of this podcast. It's recording a game and a half over Houston. So, Chiefs, it's the first meeting of the year between these two teams. Uh, The rematch will be in Arrowhead Week 17. Uh, But this game in Oakland and it's the biggest line of the week. The Chiefs are favored by 15 points on the road. <laughs> which means by Vegas stands, if this game was in Oakland, they'd be a 20, or in Kansas City, rather, they'd be a 21-point favorite. Uh, still not th- enough. It's a staggering number. And you know what, Hill? I agree with you. I think the Chiefs look, this could be the kind of game where you look up at halftime and it's 31-0, and you're good night. Eric Berry is reportedly going to practice this week. He might play. Uh, I, my guess is that they will hold him out this week and get him ready for Baltimore. I don't think they care if he's ready for the Raiders. The Chiefs are almost unbeatable with read-off a of bye. And they had, they're coming off a loss. And they're getting Oakland. That is that is not a good combination for the Raiders. Look, I, I really genuinely, Josh, I'm not kidding myself. I I don't know how the Raiders stopped. And I don't – I'm not trying to jinx anything. I'm just being honest. Like, just from an analytical standpoint, who is the Raiders' best defensive player? Maurice Hurst? God. God. Wow. I, I mean, I, who is – like, Irvin's gone. Mac, of course, gone. Right? Like, who is their best defensive player? Arden Key. The, like, they're the worst pass gross. rushing team in the NFL. I, I just like, – the NFL, you never know week to week. The Raiders are an NFL team. I would be beyond floored if the Raiders are in this game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I I, just, I could see it maybe being a game where the Raiders kind of play with some pride. It's a big rivalry game. They hang in it early. And then it's just one of those things where the Chiefs kind of just pull away as it goes on. They end up winning by a couple of scores. But this is going to be a tall order
3: for the whole team. The Raiders' opposing quarterback rating is 110. So that means the quarterbacks that play against them on average finish the game with 110 quarterback rating. Patrick Mahomes for the season is at 117. And he hasn't seen the Raiders yet. This past Saturday, we watched the best college football, one of the best college football defenses in the country in Michigan, get absolutely railroaded shellacked at home, or not at home, it was in Ohio State, but in the horseshoe against Ohio State. That's a game I think we're going to see here with the Chiefs. Because right now, the, the Raiders, they're they're allowing roughly 245 passing yards per game. That's going to go way the hell up. I was about to say, that, that might that is go way up. up. That is, does that, no. Patrick Mahomes is going to do unspeakable things to the Raiders. I can't wait. I'm excited because I want to see, like, is this going to be like a 62 to nothing game? 62 to 10? Like, Andy Reid doesn't like to lay it on thick. Like, I've never, he's not a guy who's going to keep going and going and going. He doesn't have any grudges, I don't think, against John Gruden. But there's no real reason they for They coached together for a long
1: time, too. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, there's some
1: mutual respect. This there. could
3: be a game where it's like 35-3 to 3 and he's just running the ball the entire second half, just kind of get might out Might be a Chad Henney affair. It could be, Oh, and that's the other might, thing, too. Might be Chad Henney in the third Does quarter. Does it get to a point where Reed just takes Mahomes out of the game? He takes Tyreek Hill out of the game. Because you don't want a situation where you're up Forty-one to nothing on the Raiders, and there it goes Tyreek Hill's, you know, hamstring. Right. You know, who, you know, well, Patrick I, Mahomes gets hit low. Just,
1: you know, what I'm saying. Like, I, am, first of all, yeah, I agree. if you're the Chiefs, this game's all about winning and getting out of their house. Don't even start them. Just yeah. Chad any from the start. The disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder seriously, like, who's guarding Tyreek Hill in this game? God, nobody. I mean, who, God, <laughs> like, just, who's guarding him? Who's guarding Kell? There have been a lot of mismatches this year you look at. And, hey, look, you never know. The Bills beat the Vikings in a game. Nobody thought the Bills could win. But, man, this game, of all the games we've talked about, you look at this, in, in, in terms of personalities, that is the biggest mismatch. I don't know how Oakland stops them. And I actually think it's worse for the Raiders that they're at home in this game because mm-hmm. the fans are just going to turn on. They're going to The fans are just so pissed off at the beginning. They know they're leaving. It's just a miserable experience. And this is the kind of game. Like if Carr if it's third and six, and he throws the ball three yards, I mean, he is just getting booed off the field. So, oh, we'll move on. Uh, Minnesota at New England, maybe the best game of the day. New England a seven-point favorite. Maybe that line goes down now. The Vikings won. Uh, I'll lead off here. I, I think I think New England wins. I think that Minnesota covers. I think it's a very very compelling game. I don't think that Minnesota has no shot. In fact, I think Minnesota has a good chance to win. If it was in Minnesota, I'd pick them. Uh, I just think late New England at home, they'll find a way. Uh, but give me the Vikings to cover the spread, if not win outright. Uh, I just think the Pats at home will, will make a play late to, to get the job done.
3: Yeah, this is a game where I think the Vikings are going to be winning in the fourth quarter, and everybody, everybody's going to look at the score and say, oh, whoa, I think, you know. And then we're briefly all going to have the conversation. We always have whenever the, the Patriots are losing to a team. That's kind of good. We're gonna say, "Oh, is the empire falling?" Blah blah. Then they're gonna figure it out. Uh, give me the Patriots in this game, but it's gonna be a very good test for the Vikings, a team we've been woefully unimpressed with on a number of different occasions this season. You mentioned the Bills lost. They start slow against the Cardinals, but eventually win. And that's kind of they mean they lose in prime time to the Bears and the Saints. Um, you are paying Kirk Cousins eighty three million dollars. He loses in prime time. To Mitchell Trubisky on the road. You get you know murdered at home by the Saints. This, you know, $83 million, giving him that to go into Foxborough and win, that cancels out some some uh, sins this season. So yeah, far. no doubt. No doubt. Uh, look,
1: last of the 4 o'clock games, the Niners at the Seahawks. Seahawks saving with my 10. Uh, I'll, I'll be brief. Seattle's playing a lot better than I thought they would be this year. They've played.
2: Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. (laughs) <laughs> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
1: Tough. They're 6-5. They've beaten the Packers and they've beaten uh, the Panthers in back-to-back weeks. Give them a lot of credit. They've shown up. They've fought. And they're, in the, they're in the hunt right now. They're in the thick of it. The Niners are just terrible. I don't see how the Niners go in there and win this game. So give me Seattle. I'll even swallow the points. I think Seattle wins uh, going away. And all of a sudden you look at it and say, listen, I don't care who you are. You do not want to see Wilson in the playoffs. Like, and I'm not saying, you know, the Bears wouldn't beat him, whatever. But like, that's a dangerous team. You would far rather say, oh, yeah, let's see Colt McCoy. Right? Like, let's see, okay, maybe even, you know, let's see Cam Newton. I, I wouldn't want to play Wilson. Uh, and I think they win this week and I think they win handling.
3: Yeah, right now, if the Seahawks would sneak in as a six seed, they would go to Soldier Field on Wild Card weekend. And it's not so much, I don't want to see Russell Wilson. It's, I'm Mitchell Trubisky, and I have to go up against the Seahawks defense, which isn't the Legion of Boom, but it's actually played a lot better than we thought it was going to, which is a testament to coaching. It's a testament to Pete Carroll. Um, a lot of credit is due there. I mean, we've been talking a, talk a lot about McCarthy and about Tomlin. Pete Carroll is an example. If you have a good head coach, you're never out of it. Because he's the reason why they've got a team that wasn't really good on paper. Still doesn't look that impressive on paper. But you got guys like Chris Carson going off. You know, Russell Wilson's finally got a little bit of an offense, a little bit of protection. Uh, Give me the Seahawks in this game. And if they get into the playoffs, you know, we talk about the Chargers being a monkey wrench in the AFC. The Seahawks, they're going to ruin a lot of destinies this year if they get into the playoffs. That's big. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And it goes to show, if – in 2018,
1: if you have a good head coach and you have a good quarterback, you're mm-hmm. going to win games. I don't care who you are if you have those two positions squared away. Look at the best teams right now in the NFL. Okay, without getting to it, Goff and and, and McVeigh. Mm-hmm. Breeze and Payton. Okay, Tomlin and Roethlisberger. Belichick and Brady. Holmes and Reed. Those are probably the five best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's not a weakness there. No, they're all good, right? They're all, they're all good to great. You know the 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 you look at the, the Bears like Trubisky. Got naggy like, though. Trubisky is like Andrew Luck with what was those little commercials like the those you know like this is so and so on with cable, <laughs> yeah. right? Like Trubisky is Luck with cable. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, even that's another head coach corner, Frank Reich and, uh, and Andrew Luck, Luck. Right. That's be, another one. great call, right? So there's a good example of that like. Nagy, good head coach, Trubisky coming along, as much as I laugh, like coming along, playing well. You know, you look at these teams that are real contenders. The Chargers, Lynn is an average head coach, Rivers playing great. Like, these teams are strong in those spots, and then everything else falls into place around All right, speaking of two of those teams, Sunday night game, a really good game. Chargers at Steelers. Steelers favored by three and a half. Uh, look, I think the Steelers are going to win this game going away, and here's why. After all the things we said about the lead off this, the podcast, the Steelers are the most emotionally charged team in football. They, when you think they're going to go flat, they almost always do because they have these swoons where they, they, they look they overlook games, they don't play well. But on the flip side of it, the Steelers are also the kind of team that you'll look at this game, at least I look at this game, and say it's a prime time game. They're at home, and they just played like crap and got beat by a team they shouldn't have gotten beat by. They are going to come out sky high for this game. The Chargers, I am the person who puts stock in. They're going to come all the way across the country. Okay, They have been playing the Broncos, the Cardinals, and the Raiders the last three weeks and step-up in class. The Chargers have not beaten one good team this year. The best team the Chargers have beaten all year long is the Titans and the Seahawks. That's it. Okay, the Seahawks game, that's probably the best one they've got. It's the only win over, over an above 500 team. Uh, I will take the Steelers to win into cover. I think the Chargers are really good, to not get me wrong. I, I really believe in the Chargers. as a good quality team. But I just think it's, a, it's the
3: wrong week to catch them. I agree. And if you don't have Melvin Gordon, that's a huge game changer. And it sounds like they're probably not going to have him this week, regardless if it's a serious injury yeah. or if it's not. So, yeah, good point. Um, Give me the Steelers. It goes back to the whole thing, the theory of you can't count them out until they give you a reason to count them out. Losing to Denver the way that they did is a good reason, but it's not enough, I don't think. If they lose this game, it's going to be panic. But again, this is is par for the course for the Mike Tomlin Steelers. Just when you think it's done, just when you think the wheels are going to come flying off the clown car, they find a way to find the highway, and they fix everything, and they figure it all out, so... Give me Pittsburgh in this one. But it's going to be a good game. And we're going to learn a lot about the Chargers in this game. Especially if they can keep it close. Because this could be a wild card weekend preview. We could see Absolutely these two teams play be. again. And the last time, last year, the Steelers saw a team twice. It was the Jaguars. They lost both times. Both times at home. Ugh. If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm interested in seeing where this one goes. Yeah.
1: No, I, I'm with you 100%. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game. And for me, look, this game... You said it. I think a lot of it's going to be, okay, we know the Steelers are in charge of the playoff games. If they see each other, what does this game maybe look like? Mm-hmm. Now, if Gordon's out, obviously that, that changes things somewhat, right? But still, uh, it would give us a little bit of an idea. So, last game, Washington at Philly on Monday night. Well, All righty then. It looked uh, like it might have been a good it game. It could have already. been good, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it could have been. Uh, but the injuries have caught up to both teams. Philadelphia did beat the Giants to kind of stay alive. Somehow they game back in the East. Uh, so that they stay alive. But, uh, look, Philadelphia to me, a hurting team, a team that is going to have a hard time winning week after week. However, Washington is just cooked, man. Mm. I, I, with McCoy, McCoy's brutal. Three picks on Thanksgiving. Give me the Eagles. Give me them to cover. I just think they get the job done. The Redskins without a quarterback, it's
3: too much to ask. Yeah, give me the Eagles in this one. This is a loser-go-home game. If the Eagles lose, they're going to be five and seven. If they're going to be too far back. They're not in the wild card chase. They're probably not going to win the division. If the Redskins lose, they're six and six, but it's the third straight loss. It's the second loss with Colt McCoy as a starter. The third, if you include him playing in the game against, you know, when Alex Smith shattered his leg. Yeah. Um, give me, give me the Eagles in this one. They're just a better team. And this is unfortunately a game that should have been better than than it's going to be. But I guess at the end of the day, if you're into drama, if you're into high stakes, it is a loser-goes-home game, so there's that. Well, those are all the games. Uh, First, before we get to our final thoughts, I just want to
1: say thank you to everybody who listens. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Go to iTunes. Uh, You can subscribe right there. You can leave a comment, leave a rating. I can always get in touch with Josh or I, whether it be uh, first.last at fanside.com for an email or simply on Twitter. Uh, You can find us both. You can read all our stuff on fanside.com. Uh, and you really I, look. I don't say this because I work. I say it genuinely. If you're into any other sports, the NBA, the NHL, MLB, golf, you know, entertainment, of course, as well, we have cover. Uh Great stuff from all of our editors, from all of our writers, uh, and and so. And we also have Jason Colton who's our EIC. Who, if you know that name, you're like, oh, I know that. He's he's pretty damn good at what he does. Uh, you know, he is worth. It. All over the place. He's an award winner. He went to Stanford. He has done it all. Um, And so uh, he's really uh, done a tremendous job since he's come over. Also want to thank our partners over at Fanatics. It's the holiday season. You should be going to Fanatics and getting yourself or a loved one some gear, whether it's hats or it's mittens or it's jackets or it's jerseys or it's socks or it's pajamas. Anything you can think of, they've got it covered. Go to fansided.fanatics.com, ship 20% on shipping. They will take care. of On that note, Hill, final thoughts about what we saw week 12, and if you prefer, what you are looking forward to seeing on week 13. Uh,
3: we're getting to the point in the season now where back of quarterbacks are becoming a thing. Like, this is a trend if you go back over seasons. Right around now is when starters, they begin to fall off a little bit. I mean, Jeff, we're talking about know, Jeff Jeff Driscoll played in a game today. Yeah, he did. Like, holy crap. In a Browns game in which he didn't play for the Browns. <laughs> that's usually where you think that's going to go. Chase Daniel played on Thanksgiving. Colt McCoy played on Thanksgiving. The Bears and the Redskins, these are playoff contending teams. The Bengals were a playoff contending team. This is a trend. Like, you look where, who, who can survive this? Who is good enough to survive Chase Daniel coming in? Who is maybe not strong enough to survive Colt McCoy coming? They bring it to the point. Of the Redskins. They are not
1: strong enough to survive him coming in.
3: clear we're in the we're into the point of the season now where the bruises are starting to show. Who's going to be the strongest team? Because we're going to come up on a weekend here. and We're going to be to the final remaining teams. That can you get there? Are you good enough? Do you have enough? Are you a deep enough team? Because we saw a deep team win the Super Bowl last year in the Eagles. Who can kind of copy that? Who's going to establish themselves? All right. So I'll, I'll leave it at this.
1: We have one more game in the month of November, the Thursday night game with the Saints and the Cowboys. But for all intents and purposes, now we head into December football. Okay? And when I look at the standings, when I look at the way the season has played out, you get to this point in the year, you start to have a pretty good idea of where this thing's going. Some years more than others, when I look at the, the situation that is at hand right now, the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, are the best three teams in football. After that, teams that could potentially knock one of them out. I do not think anybody in the NFC can get to the Super Bowl other than those two teams. Uh I respect what the Bears have done. I love their future. I think their present is bright, but it's not going to be beating one of those two teams in the playoffs. I would be shocked. I would give the Bears all the credit in the world. I just cannot envision that happening. Okay? Now, in the AFC... I think it's a little more wide open. I do think the Chiefs are the best team by a fairly significant margin, but because of guys like Roethlisberger and Brady and Rivers, I think you have to say, "Hey, look, these teams have a shot here. These teams could beat the Chiefs." The problem that is facing Pittsburgh, New England, LA, Houston, if you want to throw them in. The Chiefs are probably going to have this going through Arrowhead, and so I don't. I don't think anybody's going in there beating them. And this comes from somebody who, believe me, if you knew me personally, <laughs> and I am beyond scarred by what this team's done to me over 25 years. I just do not think anybody has the goods to go in there and beat them because I think you're going to literally have to score 50 points. And Eric Berry coming back matters. Justin Houston and Chris Jones, D. Ford looking like the, like the best version of themselves, matters. Look, so my, my final point here is these are the two storylines I have going forward. Who's going to emerge as the team that can challenge the Chiefs in the AFC? Is it Pittsburgh? Is it New England? Is it somebody else? The other question, in the NFC, who gets home field advantage? Because whoever does is who I'm picking to go to the Super Bowl. I think it's more important that the Rams get it simply to keep it away from the Saints. I think the Saints can go into L.A. and win. Yeah. I do not think L.A. is going into New Orleans and winning. They already haven't. I, I just, and you know what? I get it. They're really good. They, you know, they could put forth a great performance and get it done. But I just... That building is so hard to win in. I don't think they would beat the Saints there. So, for me... That's what I want to see going forward now as we enter December. Which team? We know the Chiefs are really good in the AFC. We know that they are likely going to get the one seed. Who is going to emerge to challenge them as the top contender in the AFC? And on the flip side of things in the NFC, what road are we taking in the Super Bowl? Is it through the Superdome? Is it through the LA Coliseum? On that note, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderand. Thank you so much for listening. Week 12 Sands on Monday night game in the books. Week 13, December football, coming up. Hopefully for you, your team's still involved. And if not, hey, listen, come here, a little Gallus humor. We'll have a good time. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.
0: At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Eh, don't worry, I call it Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
2: Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install durable against the elements and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com
3: Save big money